0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Ready, Set, Cheer podcast. I'm Jenna Rose, joined by my co-host, former Notre Dame prep and Michigan State cheerleader Antoinette Phelps. Ready, Set, Cheer is presented by Lawrence Technological University. LTU is forming its competitive cheer and dance team for the first time in school's history. Academic and athletic scholarships are available. Lawrence Tech wants you to recruit yourself. All you have to do to compete at the next level is go to ltuathletics.com and click on the Recruit Yourself link. This podcast is also brought to you by the Michigan High School Athletic Association, promoting the value and values of educational athletics. The DMC's Rehabilitation Institute of Michigan is the only freestanding rehabilitation hospital in Southeast Michigan, solely providing help and healing patients for over 65 years. Antoinette, it is currently the new year. We're heading into our second week. Can you tell us
1: about your New Year's resolutions? Sure. Happy New Year, Jenna. 2021. I'm very excited to be getting out of 2020. (laughs) I think we all are into that. (laughs) So New Year's resolution. So I bought the Peloton bike. You did. I did. I'm very excited about it. So that's going to be one of my big ones is trying to get back into working out every day. They have the, the, of course, everyone knows now that I love yoga. So they have an app that you can do yoga, you can do the cycling, you can do weight training, all of these different things, so since i 'm still not going back to my gym i 've decided to take it to my basement and <laughs> start up my own little workout area down there so that 's a big one for me is um, making sure i 'm doing that every day instead of just a couple times a week. And the second one is I've been really into doing environmental friendly things. So I'm really trying to get all plastic out of my house. I don't know if anyone else is doing anything like that. But we have really tried to eliminate it altogether. So I'm doing these little pods, they dissolve in water into your soap container. So you don't have to use like plastic reusable or refillable soap. It's just oh, that's so neat. Everything. Yeah. It's all like compostable and zero plastic. I'm doing that with like no more buying Ziploc bags. We're doing the reusable bags. No more buying, you know, using grocery bags. So that's kind of my big thing this year is trying to do some more environmental friendly things. No, what I love you? it.
0: <laughs> See, I can yeah. tell that I'm like getting older now, you know, becoming an adult because I'm like, that's super exciting. Like you don't have to yeah. go get new soap bottles. You just drop it in. And yes. Same it's with really cool. Exercise. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. What about you? Uh, well, I'm kind of in the same boat with definitely needing to exercise more frequently. Uh, ever since I stopped playing college softball, you know, not having those intense workouts or, conditioning, it's been, you know, it's been a little too relaxing. So I'm trying to get up off my feet, get some exercise in. And that's been really great so far. And then I also have a subscription to masterclass. And I think we've talked about this off camera before, but it's just so neat because you can go on and learn different techniques for cooking. There's even stuff for, you know, like being an on camera talent with how you do your interviews. So it's just really educational. And I'm trying to, you know, spice it up a bit, try and learn some new things. And it's been a lot of fun. I love that. Those
1: are great goals for 2021.
0: Yes, absolutely. And speaking of the new year, there is some good news. It seems like everything is going on track for high school competitive cheer to get going towards the end of January. How excited are you to potentially see these teams start to compete and get practices done in person instead of over Zoom?
1: Oh, yeah. I'm so excited for the teams. I know just based on, you know, talking to some of the coaches and some of the girls off off camera, people are really looking forward to getting their season started to start these practices up and hopefully have a competition season. It sounds like they're going to, and it sounds like they have some good things put in place to, to do it safely. So I'm really hoping that we see a season this year.
0: I do too. And it seems like even before this all happened before January 16th, they were sanitizing every 15 minutes. They were practicing in, you know, separate pods to make sure everything was going well. So I can only imagine they've handled it with so much, you know, grace before that they're going to be able to get down to work coming up here. And just speaking about, you know, cheerleading in general, obviously we're excited. We have an interview today. We'll be having it on later in the show with the head coach for Brighton high school, Christina Wilson. She cheered at Gibraltar car. And shortly after she graduated, she was a coach there for 11 years with six years being the head coach for their varsity team. And now she's currently coaching at Brighton High School going on to her ninth year. And Antoinette, what can we look
1: forward to hearing about from her? couple of things first of all she is on the mhsa task force along with some other coaches and you know there's a there's a lot of people on that that goes into being on this uh, being in these meetings but i know that she might be able to give us a little more insight as to what we can expect from the season moving forward and i would also love to hear how her team has been handling covid so i think that will be an interesting one And then, like you said, she was the coach at Carlson and also currently the coach at Brighton. So I'm hoping she can just tell us a little bit about her journey. She's got a lot of coaching under her belt, even those years that she was a high school cheerleader, and maybe some differences and similarities between her coaching styles at both schools. And then finally, this year in 2020, she was the four frenzy choice award winner. So I would love for her to elaborate on that a little bit. So that's kind of what I'm hoping to hear from her today. Absolutely, and I mean, she's in the
0: Hall of Fame over at Carlson. She's had several state championships there and she's done an excellent job with Brighton's program here. So Antoinette, let's get to it. Let's
1: do it. Okay, today we have Christina Wilson from Brighton High School joining us on the show. Christina, thank you so much for joining us. We're really happy to have you and to take some time to talk with you today.
2: Of course, I'm very excited. Let's just jump
1: right into it. Can you tell us a little bit about your cheerleading background? We understand that you cheered at Carlson High School and then you went on to coach there. And currently you are the head coach at Brighton High School. So tell us a little bit about that journey.
2: Yeah, so I started cheering at a really young age and continued that on through middle school and high school at Gibraltar Carlson. And I cheered under the late Pat Christensen, who was just a coaching icon in cheerleading back then. And she was a head coach that won the state championships back in the 90s. So to be under her was really awesome. As soon as I graduated from Carlson High School, I started coaching right away I coached at the middle school at Shoemate for five years, then went on and coached the high school varsity team for six years at Carlson, and then I got a teaching job out in Brighton, which took me out to Brighton where I am now, and so now I teach and I coach out here in Brighton. Oh, that's
1: awesome. So you've had quite a few years coaching, it sounds like. Did you start coaching then right out of high school? Is that
2: what you said? I did, yeah. I've been coaching for, this is my, my 20th year now
1: wow good for you that's amazing
2: yeah it's uh it's definitely gone by quickly but when you know I sit back and I reflect on all of the experiences that I've had over the last 20 years it, it kind of puts it into perspective that it really has been quite a long time
1: yeah absolutely good for you
0: before we continue earlier in the show I talked about how you can recruit yourself to Lawrence Technological University here's more if you're a high school athlete with the dream of playing college sports, Lawrence Technological University wants you to recruit yourself. LTU offers over two dozen varsity sports for men and women, along with several dozen world-class undergraduate programs. Athletic and academic scholarships are available in all sports, including its newest additions, competitive cheer and dance, e women's hockey, and men's and women's track and field. Visit ltuathletics.com and recruit yourself. Lawrence Tech, where Blue Devils dare. Welcome back to the Ready, Set, Cheer podcast. We're now joined by Brighton High School's head competitive cheer coach, Christina Wilson. For everyone listening, last week we had on Beth Lockhart on the show, and she talked a bit about the friendly rivalry between Notre Dame Prep and Richmond, and that was Division 3 cheer. And Christina, you know, you've talked about, you've reflected on the experiences that you've had, and previously you were at Carlson. So can you tell us a little bit about the rivalry between Carlson and Allen Park?
2: Yeah, Yeah. you know, it's a pretty big rivalry and competitive cheer. You know, I know Beth at Notre Dame Prep and Kelly at Richmond, they have a pretty good rivalry going as well. You know, one of the things about rivalries is that they make you better, right? So even though, you know, you're kind of going at it during the regular season, the best thing about it is that it just forces you to be better, right? And especially with the close distance between uh, Gibraltar Carlson and Allen Park. We were constantly competing against each other. And all that did for us, it just made us better. And I think on both ends, not just for us at Carlson, but Allen Park as well, you know, you really have to step up your game when you have those rivalries and those competitors that are kind of pushing you. It really forced us to be at the best of our best of our best each and every week, which you know, ultimately made us better in the end. At Brighton, you
0: kind of have the similar mindset with those rivalries pushing to make you better. You organize buddy practices and sometimes those are with direct competitors to encourage the bonding between athletes.
2: Why is it so important to be competing like right alongside during practices with your competitors? You know, competition has a couple different aspects. Obviously you have the athletic aspect, but you also have the sportsmanship aspect too. So even though you have two teams of girls, that are competing for the same titles and the same championships. They're also the same type of individuals. You know, they have the same drive, they have the same passion, they have the same things that they love. So to build that sense of community within the girls, not just looking at championships, but looking at what they're passionate about and what they love to do, you know, there's a, there's a sense of community in competitive cheer that the girls have. So Even though, yes, you may be competing against each other, you know, they really do have a bond within themselves and one that they can bridge between teams. You know, it just makes it a little more friendly when you're at the competitions, that it's not just all business, but there is a fun aspect to it as well.
0: Right. And for all you know, they could go on to cheer alongside each other at different colleges if they choose to go on to the next step. I wanted to ask you specifically, how are those practices ran? Because in my mind, that seems a little confusing. (laughs) You know, you're both practicing together.
2: Yeah. So normally what happens during those practices is, you know, the coaches take their own team and kind of work with them during the practice. And then you may perform your cheers for each other. But during those performances, it's really used quite constructively. So if my team is performing and the buddy team is watching, We'll ask for some critiques back and forth, you know, what do you think was great? What do you think we could work on? What could we do better? So you're, you're helping yourself, but also helping others at the same time. And we too, within those practices, the coaches might switch teams. So while we're practicing, I might be watching, you know, the competitor team and vice versa. And so just to have those extra set of eyes is super helpful to make you better,
0: It's very constructive because, you know, you can get stuck doing the same routine and you're looking
2: at it over and over again and they can point out something that you might be missing or could improve. Absolutely. And usually that's what happens, not only just to get the constructive criticisms, but also to get the positive aspect too. to say, oh, I really love when you do this. And I love how you present this, like hearing the the positive aspect of it, too, is also like equally beneficial.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's really cool that you do that. I don't think I've ever heard of a school do that before. Do other schools do that as well? Or is that just Um, something that you kind of started at Brighton?
2: Well, I would say it's a fairly common practice. There are a a lot of teams that do that because the benefits are huge. So there are a lot of teams that do that. Prior to this season, it was happening more frequently. There are new MHSAA rules that have come out that said that we now have to count those as scrimmages, So they won't necessarily be happening quite as frequently, but to be able to utilize that time, whether it's a scrimmage or just a regular practice, I mean, it's extremely beneficial.
1: Well, speaking of having a little bit different of a year, let's switch gears and talk a little bit about COVID. MHSAA, the representative council approved and updated a winter schedule. So it sounds like as of now, unless something changes, that cheerleading is going to be able to start competing January twenty fifth. And I know that you are also the Secretary of the Competitive Cheerleading Coaching Association of Michigan. And you're also on the MHSAA Task Force for Competitive Cheer. So it seems like you're in the know a little bit about all this stuff that's (laughs) going on. Can you tell us a little bit about what that task force addresses, as well as maybe any information you have on COVID-19 with regards to cheerleading?
2: Yeah, well, I mean first and foremost, like the things that we talk about on the cheerleading aspect in the MHSAA task force, you know, that's kind of coaches and officials that are advocating for our sport. And then beyond that, it has to go through, you know, several different channels within the MHSAA to get approved. But I'm super honored to be on that task force and to be able to discuss, you know, the protocols and how we can move our sport forward safely during this time. So, like I'm I'm super honored and humbled to be even a part of those conversations. But it is a whole team and a whole group of people that kind of come together to make sure we're doing what we can do and do it safely. Our, our tentative start date for practices is January 16th. That's, you know, barring any other road bumps, <laughs> right? Yeah. But January 16 is our, our tentative start date with competitions being able to begin January 25th. So that would roughly give us, I don't know the exact number, but I do think it'll give us about six weeks-ish for a regular season before tournament time starts. Gotcha. And it
1: sounds like districts have been moved back, regionals, finals. It looks like as of now, finals is March 19th through the 20th, whereas before, isn't it usually somewhere around like March
2: 10th or so? Yeah, usually state finals are like that first weekend in March. Okay. But I think they've pushed it back two weeks to actually it looks like three weeks they have pushed it back. So we're going to be hosting districts the weekend we would normally be having state finals. I gotcha. Okay.
1: So how have you been handling COVID during your practices? Because when we talked to Beth last week, it sounded like before before this pause, when you were allowed to practice, and which I know it was it was short, there was, you know, a lot of sanitizing in between, maybe doing some pods so she could contact trace, breaks in between, temperature checks, things like that. Have you done anything specific to handle trying to keep this COVID from spreading in your community?
2: We were super lucky when we got started in the summer for our sideline season. We were able to get right on the football field, which was perfect because being outside, you know, was an ideal situation. And we were able to have the football field which was ideal for keeping them six feet apart. So utilizing that time outside and the large amount of space that we had really made things easier. In the beginning, we were limited in what we could do. So we were focusing a lot on jumping and tumbling and kind of a lot of the basics, which was nice. It's it's always good to get back to the basics and build that good foundation there. It wasn't until later in the summer, even into the fall, that we were able to begin stunting. And once we started stunting, we had some pretty strict protocols that we were following. You know, like Beth, we were every 10 minutes doing sanitizing and stopping. And we were keeping the girls in their pods so that, you know, we were limiting the exposure to each other. It it was just a lot of mindfulness that went into practices and went into the practice plan just to make sure that we were continuing to move forward and move forward safely. That was the number one priority. But again, being able to be outside and on that football field in the summer was absolutely crucial. And I'm, I'm so thankful we were able to do that.
1: Right. The outside definitely seems to help. And I know things have been a little trickier in Michigan now that it's gotten colder and people do have to go back in. Do you think that you will have a season though, based on all this information?
2: We were able to uh, get inside in, you know, the later half of October, but our, competitive season tryouts we had an unusually warm week right we actually did our first two days of competitive cheer tryouts outside on the football field oh that's great which was wonderful so we were able to get three days of tryouts in monday through wednesday of that week and then we were able to get in two practices, no, excuse me, three practices before we got the final call on the shutdown. So having those days of tryouts to get teams set, but also to teach material was absolutely crucial. We got round two taught during our our three days of tryouts. And then we were able to use Thursday, Friday, and we scheduled, you know, kind of having seen the writing on the wall, we scheduled a a quite a long practice on Saturday and was able to get choreography for round one complete on Saturday. So kind of, again, like I said, seeing that writing on the wall, we squeezed in a lot of stuff in a week's time just to try to get something done. Do I think that we'll have a season? I am extremely hopeful. I am extremely hopeful and I'm staying very optimistic. Not just Beth, not just myself, but teams across the state, we've made it work. We've done the absolute best we can with Zoom practices and having the girls send in videos and utilizing different social media platforms and shared albums Cheer coaches have had to get really creative during this time. And in my opinion, I think we've done an absolutely excellent job of doing what we can with what we have and what we're able to do. So I'm staying hopeful and optimistic that we are going to be, ha- be able to have a season at all in any capacity.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like you're, all of the coaches are doing the best to you know, keep all the athletes safe and healthy. And then, of course, not continuing with the spread in the community, but also trying to keep everyone's spirits up and motivated through all of this. So it's been yeah. a tricky year for a lot of coaches and the girls, of course, as well. Yeah,
2: the motivation factor, that's kind of been, you know, a tricky one into no fault of the kids whatsoever. They want to get out there. They want to compete. They want to do what they love. But, you know, when it's been pause after pause after pause, you know, it's, it has been getting a little bit more difficult to keep the positive spirits up, but now having new dates set and kind of what looks like a good outlook on a, on a season, I think it's for everybody, coaches and athletes included. I think it's starting to come around and feel a little more, a little more hopeful. You know, getting a little bit more excited that there is a plan in place for us to have a season at all.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: I do have a question for you, Christina, just with your experience and you've been dealing with these girls and what you've had to do over Zoom. And I wanted to ask how big of a hit, if any, do you think the quality of the routines will have when it comes to competition time if there is a season?
2: Uh, It's it's really hard to tell right now. I'm I've been doing Zoom practices and watching choreography on videos and trying to do my best to coach the girls and help them fix you know little things broken wrists Vs, all that kind of stuff but also kind of imagining the choreography in my head and hoping that goes well mm-hmm. it's just going to kind of depend I'm preaching to my girls hey like we've got to use these videos we've got to take screenshots we've got to fix we've got to fix we've got to fix we don't want to just sit back and you know kind of hope for the best we have to remain active here so a- again it's just going to kind of depend I'm, I'm not really sure what it's going to look like. And I don't think anybody can be really sure what it's going to look like and, you know, what the choreography is going to turn out to be. It's going to be a lot of, you know, that first week or two before you compete, there's, there's going to be a lot of learning that goes out. And I think that's going to be on the end of coaches, athletes, and probably officials as well.
0: So now you're the head coach at Brighton. Can you tell us, looking back on your experiences, some of the similarities and differences that you've seen, whether it be with the teams or your coaching style?
2: You know, when I was at Carlson, I had an awesome, you know, coach alongside of me and Dan Jokella. Like we worked awesome together as a team and we were young. You know, we were young when we started coaching that high school team. And even before that, we coached together at the middle school level. So we actually went through a lot and kind of learned together. You know, when we were younger, it was a lot of uh, let's do it and do it again and do it again and do it again and do it again. And we have to be the best. We have to be the best. We have to be the best. Where I think as we grew, kind of the mindset for myself anyways has kind of grown from We can be the best, but we also don't have to kill ourselves to get there, right? If that makes sense, like you don't have to do a million reps and you don't have to stay at practice for the full duration of practice just for staying there. If you can do your work and do it well and get it done and just have good quality reps, then, you know, it's okay to leave a practice early if you're done not just holding them there and and continuing to just work them like workhorses just for the sake of being there. It's
0: all about quality versus quantity. And you've been involved with the Gibraltar Carlson community for several years. You went there, you coached there. What was it like for you to come into this community at Brighton? How open were their
2: arms when you came during that transition? I was very, very lucky to come out to Brighton. It is a wonderful community. Obviously it was, it was hard to leave Carlson, you know, having been my hometown and where I went to school and, you know, winning state championships, leaving a state championship program. That wasn't easy. and Not by any stretch of the imagination wasn't easy, but Brighton was so welcoming when I came out. Um, we did a, a big meet and greet with myself and all of the parents and athletes involved in the program. When they hired me, they did a big meet and greet. And and it just, it was really nice to enter a community knowing that they were excited to have me. They were excited for me to bring my expertise out there. And they were with open arms, just willing to accept, you know, everything that I kind of could bring from Carlson, but also making sure that, I wasn't trying to replicate the program at Carlson that I was bringing over kind of my coaching knowledge while also trying to make sure that Brighton had its own identity as well. Competitive
0: cheer is always about good sportsmanship. It's a motto that MHSAA wants to reinforce across all sports. Listen to this.
2: Sportsmanship has never been more important between the lines in athletics and outside those lines in our communities. To listen, to respect, to understand, to practice common decency, to have competition without contentiousness. Sportsmanlike qualities are essential components of life itself. Let's all work together to not only be good sports, but good people. A message from the Michigan High School Athletic Association promoting the value and values of educational athletics
0: welcome back to the ready set cheer podcast of course with your extensive resume brighton had to have been very happy to welcome you into the family and you were able to coach a cheer team in 2019 at two different state finals in that same year with the brighton competitive cheer finals in march and then the football state finals in november how emotional was that experience for you and your girls
2: oh my gosh it was absolutely incredible when you're competing for yourself at competitive cheer state finals, that's like a whole level of elation and emotions that kind of run through you. And we had an incredible season in 2019 competitive cheer. We finished fourth in the state and that was really great. We had a great group of kids and then to kind of go through that whole excitement again with football state finals, like it was just absolutely incredible. The community of Brighton is so wonderful about rallying around their athletic teams that we were excited for ourselves being at competitive cheer state finals. And, you know, the community kind of embraced us with that, but it was absolutely amazing to see what the community in the town and how everybody reacted when the football team went to the state finals too. And being on the sidelines at Ford Field and cheering on the guys, it was just absolutely an incredible experience. My assistant coach is the wife of the head football coach. So that brought in like a whole nother dynamic. Two state finals in one year is not a lot of things, not a lot of competitive cheer and sideline cheer teams are able to go through and and experience that. But it it was very, very cool.
1: That sounds like an amazing experience for you and for your kids. But speaking of state finals, I believe it was possibly in 2015 where your team missed the state finals by less than a full point. How did you and your team handle such a narrow margin? So going a little from the super excitement to something that was a little more tricky in your coaching experience?
2: Well, it was 2016, but also 2018. Oh, it happened. We missed state finals by less than a point. So in 2016, we missed by 0.92. And in 2018, we missed by 0.52. So gosh, that was, it was tricky. It, as a coach, it it was, it was hard to navigate, not just for myself, but trying to remain strong for the girls. It was a really difficult, it was a difficult experience to try to explain to the team less than a point And how do you really differentiate less than a point when you're accumulating close to 800 points? It, it was difficult, but you know what I have to say, It was a little bit of a blessing in disguise because both seasons following that, there was just a drive, there was a push, there was a force just behind the kids that was kind of unmatched with some of the other teams. It really kind of put into perspective the want and the desire and the girls were just so, they were so motivated. They were so ready to go, you know, and kind of get back there. It it gave them definitely a next level sense of drive for sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Something like that would definitely keep pushing your kids to go further and be better and hope that that wouldn't happen again or drive to make sure that wouldn't happen again. So how did the senior leadership come into play with that?
2: The seniors were great. You know, you always feel for those kids when the season doesn't end, you know, kind of as you'd hoped. And, and especially when it ends kind of in a heartbreaker moment like that. But right. Then we always spend the following day after state finals, which would normally be like a practice time. We spend the next day and we sit down and we talk as a group and the, the seniors who are exiting the team. One of my big focuses is always, okay, what did you do and what advice can you give the next seniors that are coming up? You know, what do you have? What worked for you? What would you do differently? What pieces of advice do you have as you're in this leadership role now? What can you do for the leaders that are coming up? So I think that that conversation that we have is truly instrumental, especially for those years when we kind of had those heartbreaker seasons. You know, the girls knew what they were up for and knew what they had to do. And we kind of keep a log. We write it down. The advice you know, how are we going to move forward? What are we going to do? Seniors, how are you going to lead this team to make sure that these heartbreaker moments don't happen again? And then, you know, the rest of the team, even too junior sophomores, freshmen, how are we going to make sure that it doesn't happen again? So we state finals are over. It's not really over for us until we sit down and have those reflective moments. And we have that time to sit back and say, okay, What do we do to get here? What do we do to get ourselves in this situation? And what can we do to make ourselves better moving forward?
1: Right. It sounds like they get that whole scope of playing a sport too, like the
2: highs and the lows. Oh gosh, absolutely. Yeah, there's, there's, you know, the most joyous moments and then there's the heartbreaker moments and you learn from both and you, you know, you stay humble through both and you got to be a gracious winner, but you also have to be a gracious loser sometimes as well. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, it's hard not to let the highs get too high and the lows get too low. But speaking of a high, Christina, you are a Four Frenzy Fan Choice Award winner for winter of 2020. And for those who aren't familiar with the contest, can you just tell us about what the requirements are and what it means for you to be a
2: recipient of the award? Yeah, so there is a nomination process. I'm not totally sure of what the nomination process is. But yeah, Four Frenzy does a contest in you know, each sports season for various awards. And I was nominated for competitive cheer coach of the year, which I'm so humbled about, you know, like there's so many wonderful coaches in the state. And for me to be nominated, I was just, you know, floored. And then beyond that to win, I, I love what I do. I love coaching. I love cheerleading. I love working with the athletes and the kids and watching them grow and watching them achieve their goals. And to live out their their dreams and to be able to build these memories that are gonna last a lifetime. That when I'm coaching, it's not about me. It's about the kids and helping them get those experiences and get the experiences that I've had. To win that, I would I like it. I'm just absolutely humbled and I'm grateful. And winning the awards is, you know, kind of the a side for me because the big thing is about, you know, the kids and seeing them achieve what they want to achieve. Again, I'm so humbled and and grateful for those that nominated me, but also those that voted.
0: No, that's what it means to be a coach. You do everything for the kids and that's just a huge bonus. A sign that you're doing exactly what you're meant to be doing. And again, you just have such a well-decorated resume and you've coached two successful teams so far. Can you just tell us about what your secret is when it comes to how you coach at Carlson and at Brighton to have such well performing programs.
2: <laughs> I wish there was a secret. I wish there was a recipe that I could give. Again, I think it just comes down to being passionate about the sport. I love it. I love cheerleading. It's, you know, I tell my kids all the time coming to practice and seeing them is the greatest part of my day. I absolutely love it. And so I think it's just the passion that I have for the sport definitely transpires through my coaching. And, and I definitely think that the kids feed off of that as well. So there's no secret, you know, my coaching has evolved over the years. I can say that I don't think between any two seasons that I've done anything exactly the same. In my 20 years, every year of coaching is different. The, the, tools that I use, the way that I approach each season, what I do within each season is never the same from year to year. So it's, it's just a labor of love, you know, and when you put that the love and the passion into it, I think that creates wonderful, competitive, compassionate athletes who are willing to go the extra mile to, you know, be victorious.
1: Definitely. It sounds like the kids at both school, Carlson and Brighton, are very lucky to have you as a coach. So one final question. What is one thing that you hope your athlete walks away with at the end of their time with you?
2: Oh, gosh. So when they leave me, I can tell you one thing. It's never about cheerleading and it's never about wins and losses. It's about teamwork and working together with people, different types of people learning how to respect each other, learning how to communicate with individuals. So when they leave my program, I want them to be well-rounded individuals that can walk into any university or any workplace and know how to work with different types of people to respect others, to communicate respectfully, and, and to just set goals and work hard for those goals. So I, I, I want them to leave and be successful women as they grow old. That is my number one goal.
1: I love that. It's, you're giving them a full life lesson. So it's not just about the sport. It's you're, you're helping shape these people into upright citizens. That's amazing.
2: Yeah, thanks. I, I mean, by the time they leave me, they are exhausted and they're tired from working hard but they they also walk away uh, a well-rounded individual
0: absolutely well christina we can't thank you enough for coming on the ready set Cheer podcast and it was wonderful talking to you yeah thanks it was so much fun thanks for having me yes and as someone who's you know brighton is their hometown i was very excited to come out and talk to you so again thank you for all you've done for the program
2: in the town Absolutely. I love Brighton. It's, it's such a great place to be, you know, as I said before, the sense of community is, is just awesome. And, and the way everybody comes together for the athletic programs as a whole, you know, the schools as a whole, like it, the town is just so great about the kids, you know, and everything that the kids in the community are doing. Absolutely. The
0: kids come first. Again, Christina, thank you. Of course. Another huge thank you to Christina Wilson. You know, we've been so blessed so far with the amount of coaches who have been in contact with us who are willing to come onto the show. And we're excited to tell you guys about that lineup in the upcoming episodes. However, something that I've already noticed after talking to head coach Beth Lockhart from Notre Dame Prep and Christina Wilson, head coach of Brighton High School, they both have been coaching for a few decades now. And they're both realizing that in the beginning, they were all about getting in as many reps as possible long practices and now they're really zen like they're zen now and they're really focusing on quality over quantity and I really admire that about the two of them and being able to be upfront with how they've grown in their coaching careers and something that was really cool that I think Christina touched on was the highs and lows of cheerleading and she's experienced that a few times at the Brighton program. Antoinette I wanted to ask you have you experienced anything similar during your times as a cheerleader?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's uh, with any sport, but for sure, cheerleading, there's so many ups and downs. And kind of what she was alluding to is you know, you've got those super high highs and then those really low lows. And one time that I can think of that kind of sticks out in my head for my experience was. My final game at Michigan State that I was cheering for. So that year, Michigan State went to the final four for basketball. And it was kind of like a cool experience because they weren't really supposed to be that great that year. I mean, Michigan State basketball is always great. And Tom Izzo is awesome. Um, but it, they weren't like highly ranked. They weren't like, you know, expected to go to the final four, or nothing like that. And so then, you know, when they made it to Sweet 16, then they made it down to, eight more teams. Then they made it down to the final four. It was such an awesome high. It w- we were traveling all over the place and it was awesome. But then I think, so it was the final four. So it would have been the last game before the championship. They lost that game. And it was so sad because I knew that was my last time cheering. And so I'm on the bus and I'm crying. Cause I'm like, okay, it's like finally done after all these years of cheerleading, all through middle school, all through high school, all four years at Michigan State. It was awesome. It was such a high that my last game was at a final four, but then low because now it's over. Well, so we're sitting on the bus and I'm like sad and like, okay, cheerleading is over for me now. Like, what will I do next? And literally in that moment, one of the other girls that was a year older than us who had already graduated, had tried out for the Pistons. She called my friend, Steph, and I was sitting with her on the bus. And she was like, hey, do you guys want to try out for the Pistons? There's like a couple of spots open and they need some people to come try out. Um, But she was like, but the only thing is the tryout is tomorrow. And she was like, are you guys still in St. Louis? And we're like, no, we actually aren't. Like, they just lost the game. We're on our way to the airport. And she's like, perfect. Can you come tomorrow? And we both looked at each other and we're like, okay, Yeah. So it was like, in that moment, I went back to a high (laughs) that it was like, all right. So it ended at Michigan state in that moment. And it was sad. And then it was like on to the next thing. So then it was like back up. And then it happened again after that, when I was done with Pistons, I moved to Chicago and I was like, now, now what now it's like, okay, I don't have that cheerleading anymore. What am I going to do? I started coaching. And then that was the year, the, the team that we coached went to the Illinois state finals. So it's so many ups and downs throughout you know, people's cheerleading careers. And I think it's cool that she touched on that. And I, I definitely know what she's talking about there as far as being a trailer and coaching.
0: Absolutely. And Antoinette, that's so insane. You don't have that much time to recover in between all those transitions. <laughs> it's really true. Like a moment's notice. Oh, okay. I'm going to go try out for the Detroit Pistons tomorrow. Right? Oh, goodness.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was exactly like that. You're right. It was like, all right, on to the next. Let's do it.
0: No, but that's like a valuable learning lesson. You know, you kind of like got to pick yourself up, dust yourself off and go on to the next thing. And exactly like she was saying, you know, the highs can't get too high and the lows can't get too low. And kudos to that program to be able to do so much that they've done. And. The amount of time that they have. They're very successful. She has brought in with herself a very decorated resume coming from Carlson to Brighton. If you have the chance, if you could please subscribe and rate this podcast, we would absolutely love to get your feedback and hear what we can provide you with when it comes to getting your high school cheerleading fix.
1: And we also would love to hear from anyone if you'd like to email us at ready, set, Cheer at StateChampsNetwork.com. We'd love to have any feedback as well as if anyone is interested in hearing about all-star cheerleading, if we could have a uh, competitive cheer judge on, we would love to hear from someone like that. And then possibly a top cheerleading athlete, whether it's a current student or an alumni, we would love to hear from you as well. Can't wait to share with you guys what we have
0: in store for you for the next episode. So we'll see you on Friday.